Raised by wolves with canine DNA in his blood. Having trained more than 24,000 pets. Helping you and your fur babies thrive. Live in studio, it's Pet Talk Today with Will Bangura. Answering your pet behavior and training questions. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host and favorite pet behavior expert, Will Bangura. Good Saturday morning. It's August 14th. Thanks for tuning in and letting us be part of your Saturday morning. I'm your host, Will Bangura, and you're listening to Pet Talk Today here on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Do you have a crazy cat or an out-of-control dog that desperately needs some training and behavior help? Are you fed up with your pets just not listening? It doesn't matter what the problem is. It doesn't matter what kind of pet you have. It doesn't matter how old they are. There's no such thing as a problem that's too bad. There's no such thing as a dog or a cat that's too bad. We're here to help you deal with and put an end to all of those nuisance behaviors. If you've got a problem with your pet and you'd like some advice and you're finally wanting to do something to put an end to the problems, hey, give us a call. If you're in Phoenix or the surrounding area, the number to call is 602-277-5369. That's 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix, you can call us toll-free. That number is 866 866- Five three six eleven hundred. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what's going on with your pet. Well, like I said, good Saturday morning, folks. Um, with me today are my two co-hosts, Brittany Duchesne and Jordan Marsteller. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Will. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, staying dry. Yeah. Yeah. Dry. But you know, I gotta say, I'm loving the rain. Oh, me too. Loving you, the rain. You know, uh, I say it every time, every single time. I, I'm not. I hate the rain. But this morning, driving down Buckeye, right, towards, uh, the 17, suddenly out of nowhere, everything just looked like a tornado had gone through. It was like fences were knocked down, really? trees were falling yeah, over. Of, it was bad. A lot bad. of wind last night. I it was know. bad. Yeah. yeah, we had some severe, uh, weather last night. A lot of, uh, wind, a lot of rain. Um, so that happens. But we're here to talk about dogs today. Yes, and we are. we're going to be talking about puppies. Um, the last two weeks, we were talking about puppies. A lot of puppy yeah. talk last week. You know, what do you do if you get a new puppy? What are the important things that you need to know in terms of how do you have success with a brand new puppy? Right. What are the things that you need to teach the pu- puppy? What are the things that you need to train in? What kind of problems can you expect um, uh, to deal with. Anyway, if you missed last week's episode, which was part one of the Puppy Training 101 series, you can listen to that by subscribing to the Pet Talk Today podcast. Go to any of the podcast platforms, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whether it be Spotify, go do a search for Pet Talk Today. Subscribe to the Pet Talk Today podcast. You'll never miss an episode of Pet Talk Today. And like I said, last week's episode was part one of our Puppy Training 101 series. We talked about training with markers. We talked about the importance of name recognition when you have a puppy. We talked about how do you move a puppy around um, and get them a little bit 
used to the leash. We talked about corrections and rewards. We talked about the golden rule for puppies. We talked about how much you should feed, when you should feed, when should you give them water, should they be given water um, on a schedule, should it be something that you just leave down. Those were all of the topics that we talked about last week. And again, you can listen to that by subscribing to the Pet Talk Today podcast. If you're a regular listener and you do subscribe to our podcast, thank you. We love you guys. Please, please give us a great five-star review on the Pet Talk Today podcast. Uh, the more reviews we get, the more we rise up in the search results when people are looking for dog training podcasts, and that allows more and more people to be able to benefit from the information that we're putting out. Also, want to give a shout out to our Facebook viewers today. Hello, Facebook. We are live streaming Facebook every Saturday morning from 9 to 10, so if you can't listen, if you don't have an AM radio or you don't want to get in your car <laughs> right. and listen, um, you can live stream um, by going to Facebook. You can see us on Facebook Live. Go to the Pet Talk Today Facebook uh, page. Make sure that you like our page. Give us a review on there as well. But you can watch us and see what we do behind the breaks. You can see that we all do have faces for radio. Um, but what you can do also is you can go to the website for the radio station, 1100kfnx.com, and you can audio live stream as well. That's another option for you. Anyway, we're going to get back into the puppy training, get right back into it. Um, where did we leave off, Brittany? Where were we last week when we, we finished up? What's our next topic for puppy training? I think we were going to talk about potty training. Oh, <laughs> now, if there's ever a... Number one thing to talk about when it comes to puppies, it's potty training. Absolutely. I don't know anybody that likes uh, their puppy to use the house as a toilet. Mm -hmm. Okay, if you've ever woken up in the middle of the night and it's dark and, you know, you weren't smart enough to crate the puppy, um, you might be stepping in some stuff, man. Yeah. Stepping in, stepping in some stuff and nobody likes that. Anyway, potty training, you know, we talked last week about the golden rule. That's right. And Jordan, what's the golden rule? Supervise or confine. And why do we supervise or confine? And this is especially important when it comes to potty training. So the reason that we supervise or confine is because in order to shape this behavior, we have to be able to correct when the dog is going to the bathroom in the house. Additionally, we have to be able to reward when the dog is going outside of the home. If the dog is not in our sight, we can't stop them and correct them when they go inside of the house. If we are going to not be paying attention or we are going to be distracted by something, we need to kennel them because then they cannot go to the bathroom in and around the home without that correction. So, yeah, the biggest thing for potty training, you are keeping your eye on that puppy. The puppy is with you. On a leash, by the way, with you, in your eyesight at all times, so that you can correct the puppy in the act when it has an accident. That's why. We can't have the puppy continue to engage in the wrong behaviors, especially if you're not there to give a correction because you don't see the puppy. So anytime you cannot watch a puppy, 
They've got to be put in a crate. They've got to be confined. Now, we could spend the next 45 minutes alone just talking about potty training. So what I'm going to do, instead of spending 45 minutes, I'm going to direct you to the Pet Talk Today podcast because Season 1, Episode 16, is 45 minutes of in-depth information on how to potty train a new puppy, how to potty train a new dog that you get. So, again, when it comes to potty training, the number one rule, supervisor can find. That's the golden rule for anything with puppies. Any behavior. It doesn't matter. But for potty training, specifically to get all of the details, go to the Pet Talk Today podcast, Season 1, Episode 16, everything that you need to know about potty training um, your puppy or potty training a new dog. Um, and the bottom line, folks, is that you underestimate how much you need to watch and supervise the puppy. You underestimate how often you need to put the puppy in the crate. We've got to go ahead and take a quick break uh, to hear from our sponsors to pay for things, uh, keep the lights on. But when we come back, we will be talking about puppies and we'll be going into more of the pertinent information, how to successfully raise a new puppy. Don't go anywhere. After the break, more on puppies. I like to lick everybody when they come to my door. I'll eat anything if it falls on the floor. Now, I've heard the rumors. I think I better ask you. I heard I might be a dog. Won't somebody please tell me it ain't true. What do you mean it ain't true? I'd love to come back as a dog. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for staying with us. If you are just joining us, I'm your host, Will Bangora. And I'm Jordan Marsteller. And I'm Brittany Duchesne. And you're listening to Pet Talk today here on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. If you've got a question about your pet's behavior, maybe you've got a dog or a cat that's out of control, give us a call. If you're in Phoenix or the surrounding area, the number to call is 602-277-5369. That's 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix, you can call us toll-free. That number is 866-536-1100. Before we went to break, we were talking about puppy training, puppy right. training 101. Um, and we spent all of last week's show talking about what do you do, how do you have success when you bring home a new puppy? What are the things that you need to teach the new puppy? What are some of the puppy issues that you will be dealing with that you're going to have to manners issues, potty training, or crate training, all of those different things. So today, this is part two, and we're going to be talking more about what we need to do um, as far as training and having a successful uh, puppy. And... If you missed last week's show, you can go to our podcast, the Pet Talk Today podcast. Go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. doesn't matter which one of the hosting platforms for podcasts you go to. Do a search for Pet Talk Today and go and find last week's episode, which will be part one of puppy training, and you won't miss a beat. Uh, before we went to break, we were... Um, talking about potty training, and we also mentioned that, hey, we've got an entire episode on our podcast, 45 minutes of in-depth 
detail on potty training. You don't want to miss that. You want to make sure that you go and listen to that. That's episode one, season 16. That's everything that uh, you need to know about potty training. Um, so here we are. We're going back talking about puppy training. Um, where did we leave off? Well, we talked about confining. So how how would that crate training process start? Sure. And And so we talked about the golden rule. Right. For puppies, any new dog, any dog that has problems in the home, the dog's in your eyesight at all times. When the puppy or dog cannot be in your eyesight, you have that puppy crated. Supervise or or confine. The golden rule. Now, the question is, how do we do that? How do we begin the process of crate training? You know, some puppies, you just stick them in a crate and they're happy. Right. They're good to go. Other puppies, you toss them in the crate and my God. Oh my God! Wait, they aren't they aren't they aren't like shipped from the factory with crate training. Crate training in them, no. (laughs) And and some of these puppies throw an absolute fit. They're they're like they're like a toddler at the checkout line at at the grocery store wanting a candy bar, and mom puts their hand on them. They start flipping out these puppies. Yep. So. We've got to positively condition them to the crate, get them used to the crate, and do some crate training. How do we do that? Yes. So, to answer that question, the crate is relatively simple. Uh, you're going to start with feeding near the crate. If you have a dog that is freaking out as soon as you put them in it, I want that food bowl put right next to that kennel. Every single meal. Okay. Right next to it. Leave the door open. Let them wander in if they want, you know? And if they wander in, I want you to, like we discussed last week, mark and reward. Give them that high-value food treat. Eventually, we're going to move the food inside of the crate. Leave the door open still. Then, eventually, you're just going to shut the door for just a second and open it back up. While the dog is eating, while the dog is eating, we will do that. Slowly progress that time forward. And we are going to get a dog that is slowly and successively getting more and more comfortable inside of that kennel. All right. You don't want to get your dog to the point that they are freaking out. Every negative experience is going to set you backwards. All right. That makes sense. Okay. So you're telling me that I shouldn't just put the puppy in the crate. And just like a baby that's crying, just leave them there. Absolutely Let not. Let them cry it out. Absolutely not. No? No, definitely not. Because that's trauma. That is a trauma. And, and you got a brand what? new puppy and the puppy's traumatized. Let me, let me ask you a question. If, if, do you want the, the kennel training to take, you know, a month and a little, maybe a little bit longer? Maybe shorter, depends on the dog. Or do you want it to take potentially a year? You know, let your dog get traumatized in that kennel. So the whole idea of beginning the process of feeding the puppy in the kennel, you know, dogs like food. That's right. Food's a positive. We're pairing a positive, the dog's food, with the kennel. The dog eats, the dog's in the kennel. When the dog's not eating, well, maybe it's not in the kennel. That's right. And then after that, when that's going well, we want to start tossing treats in that kennel. That's right. And we want them to follow the treat, get in the kennel, and grab the treat. And we talked about, well, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but the whole idea of creating behaviors. In this case, we're creating the behavior of going in the crate by throwing a treat in there. We're hoping the puppy's going to follow that treat and get in there. Now, 
as the puppy goes in there to get the treat, we're going to label the puppy going in there as kennel. That's our label, kennel, as soon as the puppy gets its feet in there. As the puppy is getting ready to grab the treat, we're going to mark with our marker. Might be yes, could be a clicker, don't know. And immediately, then the dog then grabs the treat that we threw in the crate. We're not going to close the door. We're not going to keep the puppy in there. The puppy's going to come out. If the puppy doesn't come out, we'll just keep rewarding. We'll mark and reward if the puppy stays in there. But if the puppy comes out, we're going to toss another treat in the kennel. As the puppy follows that treat to go in the kennel, we're going to label that behavior kennel. We're going to mark and reward. The reward we don't give to the puppy because we already threw it in the kennel. We want to mark before the puppy puppy picks it up. Treat. If you don't know what marker training is, you can go to the Pet Talk Today podcast and you can find our episode on clicker training and marker training. Uh, We did talk about that last week. Um, you can go to last week's episode and hear very specifically about training with markers. What is a marker? What are the benefits of training with markers? How do you establish the marker? And how do you teach with the marker? That's all in last week's episode. Uh, and you can get that again at the Pet Talk Today podcast. Um, but with crate training, you can only go as fast as the puppy's pace. That's right. If they start being a little aversive to going in there, you've gone too quick, too soon. You need to back it up. You need to make it more positive. Um, but hey, once they're willing to go in there, you're labeling the behavior, you're marking, rewarding, that's going well. Then do that, but then close the door to the crate, wait a second or two, then mark and reward. And do that. You extend a little bit of time and you close the door. Then what you want to begin to do is now when the dog goes in there to eat its meals, now close the door. So during that time the puppy's eating, the door is closed. And little by little, you're going to leave the puppy in there longer. Okay? And usually it's that simple. Usually. Usually. Now, if you've got a puppy that's just absolutely flipping out, I mean flipping out, and they're hurting themselves, they're scratching and pawing at that kennel, pads are getting bloody, trying to bite at the kennel to get out. They're breaking their little puppy teeth. Um, that's severe. That type of severe uh, separation anxiety, crate anxiety, you need to contact a professional. You need a professional to help you with that. You can contact us at Phoenix Dog Training, where we specialize in all forms of fear, anxiety, phobias, and aggression. You can go to the Phoenix Dog Training website at phoenixdogtraining.com. Dot com. Again, that's phoenixdogtraining.com, um, and we'd love to help you if you have a puppy with uh, or a dog that has severe separation anxiety. And we're getting a lot of that with the pandemic. We're getting a ton of pandemic-created separation anxiety, um, and that has become a real problem, a real problem for a lot of folks. Next week, you don't want to miss next week's show. Because the entire show is going to be devoted to separation anxiety. Um, Malena DiMartini Price, um, she's renowned in the dog training world for her expertise in dog separation anxiety issues. She's also the author of the books Treating Separation Anxiety in Dogs, as well as Separation Anxiety in Dogs, The Next Generation 
next-generation treatment protocols and practices. Um, she's also contributed to many articles on separation anxiety. Um, she's a, a lecturer. Um, she's got a academy where she certifies dog trainers um, as certified separation anxiety um, consultants or experts. Um, but we're excited. We're going to have her on the show next Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. Uh, again, if you've got a dog with separation anxiety, you definitely don't want to miss uh, next week's show. So what would you do if your your puppy does have separation anxiety? I would listen to next week's show. That's right. <laughs> um, no. Um, you know, with the separation anxiety, the first thing that you have to understand is that you can't have absences. Now, that's tough. Nobody wants to hear that. What do you mean I can't have absences? I got to go to work. Well, if the puppy's having bad separation anxiety, if the dog's having bad separation anxiety, and that continues to be the dog or puppy's emotional state when you leave, it's not going to get better. We've just got one trauma after another, after another, after another. They're panicking. Okay, so you can't have absences. So the first thing you have to do is you got to say, okay, what am I going to do creatively? Who can I have come over to watch my puppy That's when I'm working? Right. Can I take my puppy to work? Can I work from home? Okay, these are all things initially that you've got to figure out, hey, how in the world do I stop these absences? Until the work is done, on helping the puppy with separation anxiety, there can't be the trauma. They can't continue to rehearse that behavior. And so we we have to stop the absences. Then we have to begin the slow and gradual process of counter-conditioning and gradual and systematic desensitization. Okay, We're going to talk more about separation anxiety when we come back, but we've got to take a break for news, but when we come back, we'll be continuing our series on puppy training 101. What do you need to do to have a successful puppy? Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Would you like to go on walkies? <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for staying with us. If you're just joining us, I'm Will Bangura. I'm Jordan Marsteller. And I'm Brittany Duchesne. And you're listening to Pet Talk today here on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls in, answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Do you have a crazy cat or an out-of-control dog that desperately needs some training and behavior help? Are you fed up with your pets just not listening? Maybe you've got a bird that's bonkers or a rabbit with bad habits. Maybe you got a temperament turtle. Hey, it doesn't matter what the problem is. That's what we do here on Pet Talk today. We're here to help you deal with all of your pet behavior and training problems. Give us a call. If you're in Phoenix and the surrounding area, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to find out how we can help you with your pet's nuisance behaviors. That number in Phoenix is 602 
602-277-5369. That's 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix, you can call us toll free. That number is 866-536-1100. Uh, before we went to news, before we went to break, um, we were talking about crate training and that's part of our Puppy Training 101 series. This is part two today. Um, last week we did part one on puppy training. So if you missed that, go to the Pet Talk Today podcast, um, subscribe, but you can listen to last week's episode and you won't miss the first part of our Puppy Training 101 series. Um, but like I said, before we went to break, we were talking about crate training. Um, and for... Most puppies, most dogs, if you start putting the food in the crate, don't close the door and they get comfortable with that. And then you start tossing treats in the crate, don't close the door and they start running in there to get the treat. And then you start labeling that, right? And before long, you should be able to feed them in the crate, close the door. And then when they're done, leave them in there a little bit longer. And little by little, add more time while you're home, while you're home. Okay. You can give them a bone to chew on. You can give them a, any kind of toy. Keep them busy in there. And when you've got a puppy, you need to crate a lot. You need to crate a lot. Because you're not always going to be able to watch the puppy. You're going to get burnt out. You're going to get tired. Don't feel guilty about putting the puppy in the crate. One of the things, besides them not being able to get in trouble and you not be there to see the mistake or accident and correct it, they're going to learn also to start self-soothing. They're going to have more confidence. They're not going to be as needy. Let your dog be a dog. Yeah, love your dog, play with your dog, but, you know, don't molest your dogs. All right? That's right. Smothering <laughs> is not mothering. Yeah. I like it. Smothering is not mothering. I like it. Okay. But yeah, we could do a whole episode just specifically um, on crate training. We could do a whole episode on separation anxiety. And, you know, we were talking about the separation anxiety right. aspect. Okay. And crate training and separation anxiety, they can go hand in hand. You can't have absences. You got to do these very slow, gradual absences. You got to walk out for three seconds. Come back in. Do not treat the puppy. That's old school. You yep. leave for a few seconds, you come back in. If the puppy was fine, you'd treat them. Then you'd walk out for a few more seconds. If the puppy was fine, you'd come back and treat them. Then you'd walk out for a few more seconds and back and forth. Keep doing that. Add a little more time. Every time you come back in, reward the puppy. We don't do that anymore. There's two things we do differently. One, we do not reward the puppy or dog. Why? It gets them excited. That's part of the problem. We don't want you to be exciting. We want you to be boring. If you're exciting, the puppy doesn't want you to leave. If you're boring, who cares? That's what we want. Every time you come in and give a reward, you're exciting again. Makes it that much more difficult. What we have to do is desensitize the puppy to spend more and more time alone. And here's the thing. If you do that linearly, if the first time you go out, it's a second, the second time you go out, it's five seconds. The next time it's 10 and then 20 seconds and 30 seconds and then a minute and then five minutes and then 10 minutes and then 15 minutes and then 30 minutes. You have created a pattern and puppies and dogs are incredible about spotting patterns. 
And what you're doing is you're making the puppy more and more anxious because you're like, holy crap, they're leaving. And the next time it's going to be even longer because you set up the pattern. You're creating anxiety. That's right. So that is correct. You need to go out for a second, come back in. Go out for three seconds, come back in. Go out for five seconds, come back in. Go out for a second and come back in. Go out for 10 seconds, come back in. Go out for two seconds, come back in. Go out for 30 seconds, come back in. Go out for four seconds, come back in. You see, you got to throw in those little short ones as you are extending the time. So you're not creating that pattern of predictability that, oh my God, each time it's longer and longer and longer. Hopefully that makes sense to you. But I'm going to tell you, if you do that, it goes so much faster than the old way. And next week, make sure that you tune in to Pet Talk today here on 1100 KFNX between 9 and 10 o'clock because we're going to have uh, Milena Martini price who is the guru of separation anxiety. She trains trainers and certifies trainers on how to deal with separation anxiety. She's going to be here next week, and we're going to be interviewing her. The entire show is going to be devoted to separation anxiety. So if you've got a puppy or dog with separation anxiety, make darn sure that you don't miss next week's show. But, you know, that's all I'm going to say on separation anxiety right now, because, again, we could do a whole show on every one of these topics. (laughs) So there's another behavior that I hear about quite frequently is the the puppy biting. Yeah, and and you'll hear from people, my dog bites, my puppy bites. Yep. You need to make a distinction, folks, when you start telling us that stuff. <laughs> are we talking about playing or are we talking about a dog that's really pissed and we're that's talking right. about a dog that's aggressive? Because, mm-hmm. you know, puppies, dogs, they communicate with their mouths. You know how we pet and we touch? They do that with their mouth. It's the most normal thing in the world for them to do. They do it with their siblings. They've been doing it, you know, in in the litter. And now all of a sudden we want them to stop. Okay? Um, puppy mouthing. First of all, get them plenty of things that they can chew on that are alternatives. One of the simplest things you can do that I have found that works really good, when they start mouthing on you, and I call it mouthing. I don't call it biting. Yep. When they start mouthing on you, go, yep. A real high-pitched yelp, just like what the puppy, another litter mate would do if you, if the puppy bit down too hard. And all of a sudden the puppy goes, oh, what, what was that? Uh. Okay. And how about you give that yip and you stand up and you walk away from the puppy. Okay. Every time the puppy wants your, your attention, wants to be engaged with you. All right. You startle the puppy with the yip. That's a correction. It's a little unpleasant. Catches him off guard and you walk away. You're like, well, I don't know if I want to do that again because it creates that yip and then the person I love walks away. Be consistent with that. That's pretty much all you need. Now, every once in a while, you're going to get a puppy. you got to make an adjustment. Not everything works for every single puppy or dog. There's not always one size fits all. You know, but that's one of the things um, that you can begin to do. But also, you got to redirect them. you got to give them appropriate things to chew on. Because I'm going to tell you, the first seven months of a puppy's life, they are chewing machines, man, until they get those adult... Yeah. Teeth in there, they are chewing machines. Well, what about destructive chewing? Well, like I said, they're chewing machines, yeah. yeah. And they will. They're going to chew on everything and anything that they can get in their mouths. They're they're, they're like an infant. Mm -hmm. They stick everything in their mouth. 
everything in their mouth. So it's our job, okay, it's our job to be able to teach them mouth manners, what they can have in their mouth, what they can't have in their mouth. Now, again, make sure you got plenty of appropriate things for them to have in their mouth. But when they begin to show interest in something they shouldn't, not don't wait till they put it in their mouth. Remember, supervisor can find the golden rule you should be watching, so you should see them show interest in your tennis shoes, your remote control, whatever it might be, you know, your school book. As they start to show interest, you need to give a correction. Usually a good firm, nope, works really good. It's unpleasant, a little bit startling. Now, watch and make sure the puppy doesn't freak out. Don't give too firm of a correction. you got to see how they respond. Some dogs are really soft. You barely look at them. They fall apart. Yeah. Don't be given a firm no to a soft dog. But then there are some dogs, you know, they've got a really hard temperament. And you could practically scream at them. Okay, I hate having to do that. But you've got to give them a correction. And be proactive. Don't just be reactive. How about you take things and you set them out, things that the puppy shouldn't have in its mouth, rather than putting everything up. How about a couple times a day you put everything down and you begin to teach the puppy when it shows interest with a correction not to put that in its mouth and then you give the puppy three seconds later something appropriate to have in its mouth and you praise the puppy for that all right we don't if we're just reactive it's going to take longer you got to react but i want you to be proactive as well we need to take a quick break we got to pay for the bills we got to hear from our sponsors but right when we come back we're going to continue to talk about puppy training 101 what do you do to have a successful new puppy we'll be right back never tells me that he's sick of this house he never says why don't you get off that couch he don't cost me nothing when he wants to go out i want you to love me like my dog that's right ladies love your man like you love your dog and he'll come home to you every night that's right i guarantee it and hopefully not with his tail tucked between his legs Anyway, thanks for staying with us. If you are just joining us, I'm Will Bangura. I'm Jordan Marsteller. And I'm Brittany Duchesne. And you're listening to Pet Talk Today here on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls in, answer your pet behavior, and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Do you have a crazy cat or an out-of-control dog that desperately needs some training and behavior help? Are you fed up with your pets just not listening? Well, that's what we do here on Pet Talk Today. We talk about all kinds of pet behavior and training issues to help you have a better relationship with your pets. If you've got a question and would like us to help you, you can give us a call. The number in Phoenix is 602-277-5369. That's 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix, you can call us toll-free. That number is 866 536 1100. Before we went to break, we were continuing our series on puppy training 101. What do you do to have a successful puppy? Um, where did we leave off? Well, we were talking about stealing personal items. Damn those dogs. <laughs> and we covered that. So what do we, what do we go into next? Yeah. So what about jumping? Puppies love to jump. Well, 
Um, actually, Jordan, do they? Yeah, they, uh, they, uh, <laughs> do they it's, like a, it's, a, it's a learned, uh, it's a learned response, typically speaking, believe it or not. So, uh, what do we do with our puppies? Cause they're really, really cute. We pick them up. We carry them around. My dog needs to go outside. I'm going to pick them up and carry them out there. And you know what? What happens when you do that? They start thinking that, you know what? I should be up higher. Yep. I should be touching you. Because oh. you're touching me. You don't know that. That's a, that's a, a Neil Diamond song. I won't, go, but, I won't go there. But yeah, so first step to fix the jumping. Don't pick them up. Don't pick them up. Do don't not pick, pick them up. Pick they are. They have legs. They can walk. They're cute. Love them. I'm not telling you to uh, neglect your dog, but just don't carry him around. Do yourself a favor, and it's going to really help prevent the jumping from becoming a problem. Now, if the jumping starts, we need to make sure that we are correcting it. A nice firm no, right? That's right. We want to correct it as soon as it happens. Now, that's technically called positive punishment because you're adding yep. something unpleasant. But there's also a thing called negative punishment where you're taking away something the puppy likes. And that's you, folks. Your puppy starts to jump. Turn your back to the puppy that's and walk away. Right. Walk away. They want your attention. If their jumping causes you to leave... Well, that's not something they want to that's happen. Right. They're going to quickly stop that behavior. So that's what we're going to talk about for jumping, at least for now. We Again, every one of these topics we could have a whole show on. So my girlfriend actually just got a puppy, and she says one of the issues with her dog is it is constantly barking and whining. Mm, okay. So when it's a young puppy, it's for attention or play. They typically are not barking because they're alerting to the doorbell or the door knocking. Um, that takes a while. When they get to about six to nine months of age, they start getting territorial. Uh, they start getting a little suspicious. They start doing a different kind of bark, okay? But when it comes to the barking and whining, um, most of the time, we're reinforcing that. That's right. The owner is reinforcing it because when the puppy's barking and whining, they engage the puppy. Functional behavior. Right. If I want attention, you've heard that. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Right. <laughs> the thing that's loudest that's gets right. the attention. That's right. All right. And and that's the problem is we're giving them attention. Now, when you ignore it, they are going to scream louder. They're going to bark louder. They're going to whine louder. They're going to do it more frequently. And it's going to be more intense until it stops. But it's going to get worse. Before it stops, that's called an extinction burst. I don't have time to go into the definition of what that is. But that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen with the barking whining. Ignore them. And don't bark back at them going, no, right. no, no, no. Don't bark back at the puppy. Okay. What about socializing and exposing your puppy? Ah. Well, this is something that a lot of people don't understand. Hey, the critical socialization period is three weeks to 12 weeks. Maybe pushing it out to 16. Folks, if you haven't done the work between three weeks and 12 weeks, it's done. Age, by the way, not three weeks and 12 weeks of having your puppy. Yeah. Three weeks of age of the puppy to 12 weeks of age of the puppy. That's the critical socialization period. And really, I hate saying socialization. That is the critical period to have your puppy exposed exposure period to everything. That's right. We're not just talking exposure to people. We're not just talking exposure to other dogs, other animals. We're talking exposure to different surfaces, different sounds, different sights, different places. And now everybody says, well, wait a minute. My dog hasn't had all of its shots. Well, guess what? 
your dog has a greater chance of being euthanized for a behavioral problem because you didn't get it out there and expose it to things between three weeks and 12 weeks than it does of dying of parvo and distemper. Now, get your puppies outside of the house. Do not sequester them, okay? Put a mask on them. Get them outside. Socially distance them from other puppies if you need to. But don't leave them inside the house. The American Society of Veterinary Behaviorists. Now, these are full-fledged veterinarians. They're just like your vet. However, they went to school much longer, and they specialize to become a behaviorist. They're all telling you, you cannot wait till they have all of their shots to get them out. By the time they've had their second set of shots, get them out. You need to expose them to everything because if you don't get them exposed to everything, this is the most important thing you could ever do. I'm going to say that again. This is the most important thing you could ever do to have a stable, normal, healthy puppy. If you don't get them exposed between three weeks and 12 weeks, they are going to develop fears. They're going to develop phobias of all kinds of things. They're going to be afraid of everything. Well, then what would you do if your puppy is afraid of everything? Well, we would begin the process of counter-conditioning and desensitizing. So let's say that the puppy, okay, is um, afraid of the cars that are going by. Right. You know, you got them, you're walking them, you're on the sidewalk, cars are going by, the puppy's freaking out. Well, what you need to do is you need to decrease the intensity of that trigger. The trigger is the cars going by. Right. How do you decrease it? Well, you move the puppy further away from that road. Where the puppy can focus on you, where the puppy will take treats and food rewards. And what you want to do is you're going to start feeding, feed, 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 continuously and constantly very high-value food rewards like chicken or steak while the traffic is going by. But if your puppy can't stay focused on you, if your puppy won't take the food, you're too close to the trigger. It's too scary. You've got to do this gradually and systematically. And over time, weeks, you're going to get the puppy closer and closer and closer to those cars going by on the road. But you got to start off far away. And you got to pair something wonderful, something fantastic with that something scary. And when you do that over and over, and again, you got to do this three to five times a week, folks, or it's just not going to happen. I don't care what the scary thing is. The scary thing's presented. You feed, 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 feed. And the feeding and the wonderful stuff happens when the scary stuff happens. So we're creating that association that, guess what? These scary things don't have to be scary. They are wonderful things. And then I think last, what about obedience training? How would you start that? Well, with a puppy, you know, you can't do a whole lot. You're not going to be putting a collar and a leash on them too much when they're eight weeks of age and, you know, start dragging them around all over the place. But what you can do all day long, they are giving you behaviors. They're sitting on their own. They're laying down on their own. They're coming and running to you on their own. You can begin to capture those behaviors as they offer the sit. Label it. Say sit, then mark and reward. As they, on their own, lay down, many times throughout the day, if you happen to see it, as they're laying down, say, down, mark and reward. Think about how many times a day a puppy sits on their own. Think about how many times a day they lay down on their own. How about when they come running to you? As they come running to you, label the behavior. Capture that. Label that behavior, come, or here, 
than mark and reward. If you continue to capture these behaviors that they offer and you label them and you're reinforcing them by rewarding them, it won't be long before you'll actually be able to ask for these behaviors because that's how puppies learn. That's how they learn. That's how they process information. That's how they think. Everything is a very black and white cause and effect association. And we're creating associations. They're offering a behavior at the exact same time they offer it. We're labeling it with a word we're going to use as a cue or command, such as sit. We're creating the association. They don't come into this world with an owner's manual, a booklet, and, and you know, a, a glossary of terms for them to figure out what we want. And, you know, if you ask for it and they don't know what it is because you haven't made associations, they're not going to do it. I had people say to me, my dog won't come. Well, what do you yeah. do to make it come? I call it. I say come. Well, as if the dog or the puppy is supposed to know what the right. heck that right. means. You know, but yeah. You can begin to capture all kinds of behaviors. Let, you know, puppies put things in their mouth and we always have problems with them. We need them to drop it, right? Mm -hmm. But they also let go of things. So when they let go of that something they had in their mouth, that's appropriate. How about, what do we label it? We are going to label it off. Off. Or drop it. Whatever you want to label it, you label it, but you're consistently capturing the behavior of the puppy letting go of something. You're going to label that drop or off or out or no. And then whatever you want. When the dog does that, you're going to mark and reward. Well, we are out of time, and I hope you got a lot out of our puppy training series. You can see part one by going to the podcast. We had that last week. We'll see you next week. Stay dry, folks. Sports, the pulse of Arizona, 1100 KFNX, Phoenix.